0: Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazer's Edge podcast, part of the almighty baller radio network. I am Tara Bowen-Biggs here, as always, with Blazer's outsider, Danny Moraine. Oh, is
1: that what we're doing here? We're doing a podcast?
0: Yes, I thought Uh that's what we were supposed to be doing. (sighs) Were we we signed up to do an interpretive dance instead? Oh, yeah. I didn't know we'd branched out.
1: Yeah, you, you don't know about my background.
0: Oh, no, is there is all, there dance in the
1: background? All, all of the interpretive dance. <laughs> that, that, well, that's I remember when uh,
0: Noah Vonley was traded to the Blazers, and I was trying to learn as much as I could about him. I found an excellent uh, videotape of him Zumba dancing, and he was actually quite good. So I could see you having some sort of, you know, hidden talents, some sort of hidden rhythm that um, we didn't know about. Did, did
1: Does he have the, the Zumba shirt, like, cut up at the bottom with the beads on it?
0: <laughs> no, this was, like, in a high school. He'd gone to a high school to promote some um, some sort of, you know, physical fitness thing. And so uh, gotcha. he was doing, it like, a group Zumba class. So he didn't have, like, his official Zumba outfit on, I don't think. Kind of disappointed now. <laughs> so we are just days away from the draft. Technically, teams could be doing stuff right now. The season is over. And here we wait. Oh, so things are happening. I, I guess we should probably go ahead and start with what's, what do you think is going to happen with the draft? And I guess my question is, I mean, we talked over people that the Blazers may go after, but I want to start with, like, do you think the Blazers are even going to use that draft pick? Um, I mean, to select a player.
1: <laughs>
0: realistically,
1: in my mind at least, the Blazers will not pick at 24th. If they use a first-round pick, they will either move up or move back. Um, in some fashion, uh, the only reason I would see them moving back is if there's a team behind them that wants somebody, and they can move a little bit of salary um, along with that. And I think at the, the most you'll see for, on that end is, like, Harkless. Um, and, and in that case, Portland would probably be bringing back a cheaper expiring veteran. Um, and then taking on that pick and then moving Harkless's deal. Uh, now,
0: aside from what you think might they actually might do with that pick, why is it that you think that they won't be using exactly number 24, that they would move either up or down? Why do you think that they would do that?
1: Basically, from picks like 15 to 27, it's you can kind of pick however you want to go, and really there's a lot of guys that can fall in that range. Um you could easily see make the argument for one guy at 15 that uh, you know would fit also at 25 or 26, and value wise would be about the same. Uh, it all depends on fit and um, really need. And there's all those guys that are in that range. None of them, at least right now, uh, if you look at all the the draft reviews. They all have particular skill sets. Um, it, it's a bunch of uh, Liam Neesons, so to speak. Um, but you know, th- these aren't these aren't your closers. You know, these these aren't the guys that you're really afraid of because they do have holes. Um, and so it, it's about fit and need. So you could see a lot of these guys. I mean, I've seen somebody like Troy Brown, who a lot of Oregon fans, I'm sure, love, mocked anywhere from like 13 all the way to 24. Like that's a massive, massive gap that we don't usually see at this time of year. But I think it kind of shows that there's a lot of guys in there just kind of fit in that general area. So with that in mind, the value of that pick uh, in that range isn't necessarily as high. Uh, And when you're talking about that, I I think it's important for Portland to recognize that and realize that they're not... I mean, you're not looking to load up on young guys right now to fill the back end of your roster. You're, You're looking to add guys that are impact players now. I mean, that's what Neil O'Shea said. You know, they're looking to add veteran impact players. Like, why would you want to add another young guy to the mix that isn't ready to go if, um, you know, he's he's not going to really see the floor? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
0: If that pick is so underwhelming to Portland, what makes you think that it would be attractive to anyone else? Because there's a lot of teams in the draft right now that have numerous picks and they seem like the ones who are most likely to want a lot of picks. Anyway, they're teams that are building and they already have four, three, six (laughs) draft picks like, you know.
1: No, that's
0: the thing. It It, doesn't doesn't seem exactly like a hot commodity. It's not. I I feel like they're probably going to use it because I don't think it's really a big commodity out there right now.
1: Well, no, it's not, and that's why I think it'll be attached to something else, in in order to make it a bit more viable. Uh, And that's 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 what sucks about where Portland's at right now, is that it's very very difficult to tag down um, what they can get the value of it the the idea that they could get something of commensurate value and need at twenty four that they couldn't get on the open market or the trade market um, that's why I think you'd see it combined with another asset to try to ease some of the financial burdens that are limiting um, how effective this team can be both in the trade market and in free agency.
0: Well, I want to know what you think about the new ESPN. Um, they did the thing where they sent out 20 invites to guys to come to oh, the God. green room. Do you think this is going to enhance our uh, draft night experience as fans?
1: If by enhance, you mean it enhance the amount of time that we have to wait in between picks or <laughs> the lead up to the draft or the post show. It's like, oh, for the love of God, guys, can we, can we not do this? But I mean, that's ESPN's M.O., like, I just you want I to take something and latch onto everything it.
0: Everything needs to be a giant event.
1: <laughs> Don't The NBA draft's already a giant event. NBA I mean,
0: yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the NBA is enough of an event, and I feel like they're just keep trying to tweak and tweak and tweak. And I think, I feel like for a year, the NBA and all of its associated, you know, media arms, everybody just needs to, like, chill out for a year and stop tweaking everything. I think they're tweaking everything to death, and they're just, like, tweaking the fun, and they're making things not be able to happen naturally because they're like, Oh, we'll just, we'll just tweak this and we'll just tweak. That. It's like the same thing with like the rules and with, you know, um, the CBA, they just tweak and tweak and tweak. And nobody just like lets things sit and just bubble for a while and <laughs> percolate and see what's going to happen. I just feel like there's just over I don't, way too much attention. I don't mind them tweaking, but just, we don't need to spend like
1: it, the, the NBA draft as it sits right now, it's not the NFL draft where the first, Three rounds, you know, typically means something. (laughs) Yeah, but none of that. Just like like the first three rounds. I mean, because they do round one, you know, on the first day, and then I think it's rounds two and three on the second day. Like it's not that kind of event. Like the once you really get to the late twenties, a lot of people are tuning out. Like unless there's, (laughs) you know, the local still have a pick. Yeah, unless the, the the team that you're a fan of has the pick, or there's a Uh, a college star that falls down a little bit. And I I don't think the vast majority of people are going to care all that much where Grayson Allen goes. Like, I get he's a Duke guy and he's polarizing, but I I just don't see a a real big, you know, market value. Not only that, and for my own selfish reasons, I'm doing the post-game show (laughs) for NBC, (laughs) and I just... I don't want to be there until 11 o'clock at night. So Okay, so
0: Dan, if you're going to become one of those media members who complains <laughs> about having to cover the league, <laughs> we're, I'm going to hang up. Because if I have to hear really one want, more podcast really really and national that. writer complaining really about how the Summer League interferes with their summer plans... That's not gonna fly anymore. You know what, everybody though, th- knows I, I I like, give them... everybody knows the season doesn't end. Everybody knows the draft night is gonna go late. You are the privilege of covering this. Hey, so no the, complaining.
1: You know what I do, and I, I really wanted to just work that one in there just because it felt good. But in all seriousness, I, I do I feel the I do feel the plight of the of the of the national media guys because they really don't get any any time off. Like they can't take vacations. Like I, I've seen the schedules, those guys have to work. And I'm just like, yeah, where everybody else is hoping to have that, you know, week or two off or, you know, take a summer trip. Like you, you when you're a, a nationally or a national guy, I mean, take somebody like, like Ben, like Oliver, like that dude is always, always on. it's like, man,
0: he gets out to his national parks. He does love his parks. He, he gets out. It's, it, the, yeah. Shut no, up, Goer's go Instagram we're account. We're not gonna, you know, <laughs> be sad for people who are chasing their dream and no, it, writing it, it is stories awesome. and covering the league.
1: Yeah, no, I. Uh, it, it's it's mostly tongue in cheek, almost actually, almost <laughs> entirely. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's. So we'll
0: see what happens on Thursday. We'll see if the it's the start of any big trades around the league. Last year, that um, you know, we had the Jimmy Butler trade happen. We had some exciting things happen on draft night. So hope we can make it a few more days. Then hopefully things will start picking up in the league. I mean, Um, the big one there is.
1: I I think the Kawhi deal. Give it there's two times it's going to happen. It's either you know leading up to the draft or I think the, you know, the couple days before free agency, because I think teams are going to want to know, you know, where, where that domino is going to fall. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, if we're going I to get a crazy just, one, I it's going to be a Kawhi. Twitter poll to find out what people thought about when the Spurs are going to trade Kawhi. I said, is it going to happen before draft day on draft day after draft day or not at all this season? And it's pretty close. 38% is the biggest percentage. And they think after draft day.
1: Yeah. I I think I'm in that line too, but I also think that it's probably a pretty good chance that if it's going to happen, it happens before the draft because I think that's the kind of domino, (coughs) excuse me, like the one with Jimmy Butler that that needs to fall beforehand. Otherwise it's, it kind of gets messy.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to need another metaphor because there's so many dominoes this year. That it's like, how many dominoes yeah, are it's there? Like
1: the, it's like those YouTube videos with, you know, the, the contraptions, those guys set up that, you know, like the, the, what are they the called?
0: Goldberg the, machine. Yeah.
1: The, the useless contraption that has like 37 moving parts to, you know, to flip, <laughs> yeah. his flip his uh, waffles. That's basically yeah. the NBA right now. Bunch of waffles. Yeah.
0: Well, with the with the draft looming and possible the beginning of some of the trades leading up to free agency, there's a couple things that I wanted to get your thoughts on that have to do with the Trailblazers, um, and one is uh, has to do with Damian Lillard. Well, Damian and CJ really. So, I mean, we've talked about this. You've talked about it for years before we even started doing the podcast together. You've been talking about it. There's a lot of talk about um, Dame and CJ being broken up. And really, a lot of stuff has really been amping up around CJ moving and or being traded. And it's like, all of a sudden, like this narrative is taken over. Like it's a done deal. So how serious do you think it is? Do you th- are there people out there left who don't think that the, this duo is going to be broken up or is that narrative just completely taken over and it's going to happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously there's people in Portland who don't think it's going to happen and they don't want it to happen because they love CJ and Dame together. And I, and I get that, but from a, a media perspective and an observer's perspective, they're, the the belief that or the the idea that they can make it work somehow and be effective with the, with the position that they're in financially and the limitations they have within the roster and to continue to develop this team with those two guys is pretty much non-existent at this point I mean uh, we, we alluded to it just a second ago with with, with Sean Hiken piece like I've talked to Sean about this a bunch of times Sean's a, a, a Portland native guy like he understands Portland he knows Uh, The dynamics of the franchise, the fan base, and even he who's like, listen, I mean, for them to move on, to be a competitor going forward, um, it's time.
0: Well, so hold on a minute before I want to go. We'll talk about what Sean Hyken has suggested in a second here. But are you saying it is absolutely out of the question, the story is done, the book is closed, that the Blazers can go after a third star to compliment Damian and CJ?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that happened two plus years ago, or two years ago. I think 2016 put that whole idea behind lock and key. And that <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I just... Unless there's a player out there who staunchly wants to play alongside Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum in Portland and basically demands and forces it to happen or is willing to take a massive, massive discount, I just I don't see that reality. And I know some people are like, well, Zach Collins could turn into that guy. I mean, even if Zach Collins turned into that guy, let's say Zach turns into a superstar, does anybody think it's going to happen... In the next two or three years.
0: But does it do we do they need it to happen in the next two or three years? Because when's the next time that the Golden State Warriors aren't gonna win a championship?
1: Well, if you're if you're talking about playing them alongside Damon CJ does, because they'll be 30. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't I don't know about you, but the difference for me from 26, 27 to 30 was pretty substantial physically. And I can only imagine what it is for these guys for their wear and tear on their body, Um, especially a guy like Damian Lillard, who I don't think gets a lot of credit for how physical he is. There's a reason why he misses a few games every year. Like he's got a foot issue that I don't think is probably going to ever go away until, you know, he finishes his career. Um, Expecting that to get any better over the next few years, Um, expecting the wear and tear on a guy who and you know, throws his body into the paint regularly to not exacerbate some things physically over the next few years um, it, It's huge. And I mean, if and this is you know this is the discussion in, or the argument, however you want to phrase it, you and I have had now for a while. And that's the idea: if, if you're not building towards something, what's the point? In the grand scheme of competition, if they're not building towards something, if they've plateaued, wh- why why do you stay there? Like what what is like? I know this is getting a little bit meta, but like, what is the point of staying there at that level if you're not gaining anything, whether it's through player growth, um, asset retention, um, draft picks? Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a million things.
0: So I see where you're where you're what you're saying about how they need to be building to something. But what I'm getting at is I just can't believe that the book is closed and nobody can pull a rabbit out of a hat. I mean, if you look at last year, what like how I mean Paul Dra Paul George's trade to Oklahoma City. Did anyone see that coming? Did anyone see him going to Oklahoma City? Um, What would be different between, you know, from Paul George going to play with Russell Westbrook versus Paul George going to play with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum? I know it didn't happen, but I just don't understand why you think the book is the lid. The lid is slammed closed on this and there's no way that somebody can't come up with something creative because these because it hasn't happened. Every single year they come up with something. (laughs) We all go, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah, you're right. Every team
1: basically in the Western Conference but Portland has been able to do this. Um, I mean, you look at even a, a Denver is able to swing a deal for a Paul Millsap, who's a, who's a hell of a player. Um, the uh, Rockets being in a position to not only move for Harden you know, years ago to now be in a position to move for Chris Paul. Uh, like, I mean, you go up and down the list of franchises, specifically in the Western Conference over the last four or five years, who have made a big time move in acquiring a all star, near all star, or a guy who blossomed into an all star? Um, it's pretty substantial. Like the the idea that you know Paul, the, uh, Paul George wouldn't come to Portland. Well, Portland had the opportunity to make that happen. They they, they had that chance and they couldn't right, swing but it. so
0: did other teams.
1: Yeah, but those other teams have also, also- done things. Like Mm -hmm. if you look up and down the list, Port. I I I admire your optimism, Tara, but (laughs) it's it's just not a reality. It's just they. It doesn't happen here right now because of the way things are with the way the roster is constructed. It is just loaded at the very top with Damon CJ, and then the gap between those guys and everybody else is so substantial that their ability to make moves. That would quote unquote move the needle, it just it isn't there, and I, I I truly wish it was. Like I would love for the Blazers to be able to pair Damon C J with, you know, let's say they had a month had the money a year ago and Gordon Hayward. Um, had a great relationship with Damon CJ, and instead of going to Boston, he went to Portland. Like, that would have been a hell of a move. But because of the things that, that Portland did, and they lined everything up to have money in 2016 when a bunch of other teams did, and the, the cap exploded without cap smoothing, everything that went along with that, it's going to come back to bite them in the butt for the next probably two or three years, 2020 at the earliest, before, I think... Unless drastic changes take place, Portland has another opportunity to make this happen. Unless something so far out of left field, that, you know, comes out there that um, it's it, it's a so, bummer. They're just they're just stagnated.
0: Okay, so I don't want to relitigate 2016 again because we've been there a million times. Like no, he, but but the other thing <laughs> I worry about is then c- continually throwing good money after bad. Because you know people want something to happen. I mean, I don't want them to do stuff. Just I would. I mean, when you're lost in the forest, they tell you to hug a tree, right? <laughs> like, don't leave. We will come fight Like, no, I'm right there you know, with you. Don't go wandering into the woods and get more lost. And I worry about them doing things just for the sake of doing things, and then pushing it out even farther. See, I'm not worried about that so much. Um, Why are you not worried about that? Portland. Rest, make me, help me rest easier.
1: Okay, as, as far as free agency is concerned, that that bothers me. Because Portland's history of free agency is just bleh. Um But as far as the idea of um, making a move just to make a move, the only one that I can think of in recent memory is Evan Turner. Because everybody I've talked to, everything I've ever heard, was that was like one of the biggest panic buys in recent memory. Mm -hmm. Um, He was option, you know, F, option Uh I, whatever, whatever. Like you, all you have to do is just go down the list of guys that Portland was linked to before they got to Evan Turner. Mm -hmm. Outside of that though, I don't believe um, Portland has, uh, well, they haven't in the past had the propensity to make rash decisions like that. They've kind of stuck by their guns and they haven't really deviated from those. And the
0: um, which is exactly what they've been saying all along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, they've been saying all I I get that there's a uh, the message has been we're building around Damon CJ, but I always read that you know, after the summer of 2016, I always read that as we're building around Damon CJ, because that's what we've got. And we need to do internal development because that is where we are until we get out of this and we're not going to rush out of it.
1: Yeah. I I think that's part of it. The, the other part of it, at least for me is that Portland really, it's tough to kind of put my finger on exactly what it is. I, I think the, the, Fan base, the franchise, the the relationship it has with the community they can't they can't afford to just do those things because the the, the amount of goodwill that they have um, I don't think they ever want to see it look like what it did um, during the Jailblazer era so they they can't make those rash decisions they can't um, go crazy with it but I, I don't think trading C.J. McCollum for the proper package for the proper deal or anything along those lines is anything remotely rash or um, brazen by any means mm-hmm. I think that's adjusting to the market or to the structure of the team in the, in the current place that they are at in the NBA and making the necessary course adjustments I mean that, that's just I mean <laughs> I've, so I've seen these calls CJ
0: seems like the reasonable next step. If yeah. they, if they're going to have to do something, well, let's get into some of the suggestions that have come out lately. Um, especially from Sean Hyken, because like you said, he's a Portland guy. So he does know the landscape pretty well, better than some of the other national writers yeah. who were like putting stuff out there. Like what? Um, <laughs> what was that again? just, I don't even if I'm looking at them going what then you know they're yes. but uh, okay so here's a few that came from um the this bleacher report article by Mr. Hyken um I, I put them all in the trade machine so I can say that they all turned green um the first one is uh calves for uh, trading CJ to the Cavs for the eighth pick and Kevin Love. We kind of talked about this one last week. Mm-hmm. You're not a fan of uh, having Kevin Love in the mix. I am a fan of his outlet passes. Um, but this one is slightly different because it includes the eighth
1: pick. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting the eighth pick with Kevin Love, I think that that changes things quite mm-hmm. substantially. Um, okay. You're, you're with the eighth pick. You're still in that range. You're on the back end of the range, but I think there's eight or nine guys that are at least from initial glance. Well, not initial glance, I mean the, the research that I've done and the guys that I've talked to, there's eight or nine guys that people truly believe, um, have the ability and the talent to really make things happen, um, pretty quickly. Um, I mean, there's, there's even a chance that a guy like, and I'm not a huge fan of him, but maybe Portland is. Maybe they, they have some insight on it. Um, a guy like Michael Porter Jr. falls. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm not a fan, but I mean, if you're looking at and if you've listened to the podcast for, I don't know, how long am I doing this now, two years? <laughs> uh, the one thing that I've screamed at Portland needs for the last few years is a versatile wing guy that can get his own shot. If Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, then he's got that ability. Um, Kevin Love still has a couple years left in him. Uh, Right.
0: So let me, let me just correct what I read. I said uh, uh, eighth pick and Kevin Love, it's actually eighth pick or Kevin Love. So with CJ for just the eighth pick, that's not enough. I guess they would have to throw in some people, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah. That's just, um, yeah. Salary wise. I mean, I I guess you're assuming LeBron's gone. So then I don't think salary wise you have to worry um, but yeah the uh the, the eighth pick and low I, I I thought that was a bit of a uh a bit of an overbuy uh or oversell there. I was like wow that I, I thought but I remember they're like
0: never even they're never even How- we never look at a trade and go, oh yeah, that seems like it's really equal
1: Yeah no like I, <laughs> I think if Portland's going to get and this is kind of be the roundabout way of, of like top 10 draft picks, CJ should and could get you that. I think that's that's a real thing. Um, but um, I think they, they need to find some player in there that they also get something out of with it. Um, but I, I think if, if Portland's going to do that, I think more likely it would be in like a three-team trade. Because uh, if LeBron's leaving Cleveland, I don't think they're going to want to give up that eighth pick for an M prime player. I think they're going to want to go younger. In which case, then it would make a little bit more sense. But, uh, yeah, no, I just... uh, Here's the the thing about all the trade CJ scenarios. I think the Blazers are a year, maybe two years late on this. Guys, I think the value that you would have gotten from CJ... Because, I mean, we talked about this last week on the podcast. Like, where has CJ's value gone? And, like, I mean, a year ago, what would you have expected to get from uh, trading CJ versus what you expect to get now and I don't think CJ's really like fallen off at all. I just think that there's a drastic difference in what the perception is of where he's at right now. And that's well, and I, much And the difference
0: is what do people need? And, yeah. you know, people don't need, you know, six, four shooting guards. They all want wings. It's <laughs> the of a couple of the years wind. ago they were looking for guards. Yeah, I mean, And now everyone's looking for wings. The rise of Steph Curry, you know,
1: that, that, That made people think, you know, everybody needs a Steph Curry on their team. But then they're Mm -hmm. like, well, how do you counter, you know, what a lot of teams are trying to do with these um, dynamic point guards? Because I think this is the point guard generation. Well, you get bigger versions of them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And what better way to do that than to, you know, get six foot eight, six foot nine guys that can do a lot of the same things. And then there you go.
0: Okay, there's two more that um that Haiken proposed. One was training uh with Toronto for DeMar rosen What do you think of that one? I, I mean, love- is that just like switching moving in the deck chairs and at least we get like an injection of, you know, a new personality and, you know, something some to side. talk about? Well, or I- do you think basketball reasons it's a better fit?
1: Uh, I think it's better in the sense that you you get some size, you get some versatility with scoring, you get uh, a presence. We get a lot more dunks, and boy would we get some dunks. Um, Fast break opportunities, transition opportunities. Uh, There's a a lot of things here that um, I really like with that idea. The things that I don't like um, are does that really help Portland? I, I don't think C- or I don't think Demar's that much better than um CJ. That uh, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. They both have four years left
0: on their contract. And yeah, DeMar actually makes more.
1: Exactly, and that that doesn't does. necessarily help Portland. And then if you're mm-hmm. Toronto, why do you do that? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's what's the reasoning behind that? Is it to just go and?
0: Well, you want you sw- might they might want to go up? slightly younger. I mean, CJ's what three years younger, three or four years younger. Yeah, which I mean,
1: again, I, I get it, and they have but, a
0: lot of young talent, so I could, you know, I could see why they might like that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, from Portland's perspective, why would you want to get older and more expensive if you're not getting that much better? Like, I understand yeah. making that move for Kawhi Leonard, like that—that mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but for um, somebody who's older, more expensive, and not substantially better and now i i think cj and demar are probably on par with about the same line uh as far as um production and value um we had this discussion about you know is cj a top five player last week and i think demar is right there uh, with same. cj yeah i I, th- I can i can understand the folks that think um cj is more valuable and i can understand the guys that think that demar is more valuable it, mm-hmm. it, it just it depends on what you want
0: I mean, it seems like a move like that would just be to like shake things up yeah, and just to make sure that things haven't gotten stale because both teams, I mean, uh, last year they added some some young talent, but otherwise, you know, both teams, basically Toronto and Portland stayed really similar. And, you know, Toronto very famously tried the culture shift with the same staff um and didn't work out great for casey oh well, yeah now the,
1: the, here's the great thing about that is like we're gonna have a culture shift we're changing things around and then they fire their coach only to bring back the assistant coach that he had
0: yeah exactly like, i am so well, confused one more one more uh, before we start talking about Kawhi is uh, clipper's T- trading with the clippers uh and DeAndre Jordan for CJ McCollum what's your gut reaction to that one not enough not even close uh, but they're never the same no it's it's they're just they're never even you think that they're going to be even you they, think that one, well, well, no. both teams are going to be like oh yeah that's great
1: no it's it's be, it, but it's not like it, there, there has to be some rhyme or reasoning to it there's no rhyme or reasoning to adding deandre jordan for cj well McCullough.
0: deandre jordan only has two years left on his contract to cj's four
1: okay that's that's great but deandre jordan's much older um, mm-hmm. his value is gonna probably fall as his athleticism falls um th- there's just there's no rhyme or reason to really do that because I, here here's the other part of it you've got zach collins you've got you possibly uh yusuf Nurkic. like mean, you're you're putting yourself financially in a spot that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you're Portland, you're the at least in well, my mind. You're not mind.
0: changing your financial situation at all because they make <clears throat> the same amount of money.
1: No, I'm talking about tied up in in the um, in the front court. Uh, okay, but here's oh, here's the thing. If you're Portland, there's there's one of two ways that this needs to go. If you're trading CJ McCollum, you're getting either younger by picking up uh, assets the way uh, Indiana did it with Oladipo and Sabonis. Uh, or a top-tier draft pick, and I think it needs to be top eight, bare minimum, Um, or you're getting an M-prime guy who you're just trying to change things around with, you know, with one team or another. I I think that's that's what needs to happen there. Um, Beyond that, I just... I don't see the sense in making a move. I just... It doesn't... Otherwise, then, yeah, you're just shifting deck chairs, and then that's more about what we were talking about earlier and making a move just to make a move. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's just weird to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if they thought that they had an actual path to a big free agent, who's going to be coming up in a few years, that would be a whole ton of money coming off the books all at once. Um, because it would be at the same time as Turner and Harkless and, um, uh, Myers Leonard, they would all be on the Enter. same. Yeah.
1: Everybody's, everybody's up in 2020 as far, cause as far yeah. as the, the deals that were signed in 2016. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the juicy one. The juicy gossip of the week is that uh, the vampire Spurs, one of their vampires wants out Kawhi Leonard. It's a very strange story. It was reported by Chris Haynes and then also Adrian Wojnarowski. That uh, Kawhi Leonard wants out of San Antonio as of today, Sunday, it sounds like the Spurs had not been officially uh, sat down and talked with about this. So possibly the Spurs may be moving on from Kawhi. Um I'm taking. I'm the Spurs. I'm taking calls. <laughs> yeah. Well, first <laughs> so things first. What here. would you What would you say if um, If you were calling up the Spurs, or do you think the Spurs will be the ones making the phone calls?
1: Oh, uh, they've, they've got plenty of people calling. <laughs> that's That's for sure. But first things first. Here, shout out to Chris Haynes. Uh, was here in Portland for a little while, and he's just completely blown up over the last couple of years. So props to him for breaking this before Woj. Like that's That's huge news. Mm-hmm. The other part to this is that. What's strange is if anybody didn't read the article on ESPN, I want to say about like two or three months ago, about the entire relationship between um, Kawhi's uncle uh-huh. and how he's... It's it's almost... Taking over like, yeah,
0: it, management.
1: Yeah, it's almost like... Um, God, what was that? or The the 90s basketball movie where he had the guy basically trying to steal from him. God, I might... My, my brain is failing me. But anyways, it, it, it's almost out of a, a, a bad 90s movies. Yeah, that's it. Air Bud. <laughs> it, I know that's your go-to basketball movie. Oh, God. Um, and
0: semi-pro. There
1: you go. I, I, I can, you
0: guys should have included... I'm so sad that I've never been involved in a favorite basketball movie discussion with you, Dan. Because oh, I've got some good takes on know, basketball movies. I, uh,
1: I, I'm, I'm still going to go with the... Um, above the rim. I mean, it's just, it's just too good.
0: Mm.
1: I I just, I can't, I can't not have above the rim in there. Um, But it's just, it's such a strong contrast with what we know of Kawhi Leonard, the quiet, unassuming,
0: uh, non-confrontational. I don't think it's, Really out of character. We don't know anything about him because he's never been open with who he is. So I don't really think that this is particularly out of character.
1: Well, considering how his uncle's been reported to operate, it's very different from what we've seen from Kawhi Leonard. I think that says quite a bit as far as where they're where they're sitting at right now. Um, and man, shout out to the Spurs for a twenty plus year reign. <laughs> Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, that's, it, I think we're going to have the same kind of discussion, argument, whatever it is, when, uh, Belichick and, uh, and Brady eventually fall apart. Um, yeah.
0: We're I, never talking about them on this podcast. Move on.
1: <laughs> I, I'm just saying like the way that they have done <laughs> things, um, and the, the dynasty and how they've, um, gone about it. Wait, is... can,
0: can we do a sidebar on dynasties? Okay. Here's the thing. I was having this discussion with my husband earlier today. Is Golden State really a dynasty? Yes. Because in my mind, a dynasty is a sustained um, excellence where they turn it over and they stay good because they've groomed them. They've brought up the next generation. I don't think you're a dynasty until you've gone through two iterations.
1: Well, I, I think that it, it, it has been two iterations. It, it just happened so fast because it was Kevin Durant. That's not two the iterations. Team.
0: That's just like marrying somebody rich.
1: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but it's a it's this version of the Warriors is different than the um, the Splash Brothers Warriors. It just is. It, it's disgusting and awful, and I hate it. <laughs> but it's a it's a different iteration of
0: yeah. But they didn't they didn't bring somebody along and and bring them into and like, sure
1: they did. They recruited the top mercenary them. that they could find. They don't need to develop them. I mean, does, does, does it matter where it comes from?
0: But you know what I mean? I mean, the, the Spurs have like a clear, you know, a clear line, but you know, David Robinson to Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard. It was like the torch was passed. There was consistency. All the players were developed around them in a lineage. And yeah, but they also added you know,
1: the Marcus Aldridge and I know that didn't turn into something, but they, 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 they continually added guys to this mix. Yeah. I mean, that that's just, I think that's the, the reality of it. It's just that the, <clears throat> excuse me for the Warriors, it just happened so fast, but yeah, yeah anytime you win this many titles in this a period, and it's a basically a four, <clears throat> excuse me, my allergies are acting up. It's a foregone conclusion that a team is going to win the title Uh, Before the season starts, and then it just basically ends up being that uh, exact story. Um, I I think that's—I think it's a
0: different word than dynasty, and I'm going to spend the next week mulling that over. But anyway, about the Spurs.
1: Uh, But as as far as the Spurs go, like I, this is surprising uh, at bare minimum. So much, (laughs) yeah. It's uh, it's a little wild to say the least. Uh, I I didn't see it coming. I I thought there were some smoke and mirrors. And I figured they would find a way to work this whole thing out. Uh, That they haven't is pretty wild to me. Um, But what ends up happening about this? uh, In My second best scenario is Kawhi Leonard goes to any team other than the Lakers. I, I do not want to deal with Warriors exceptionalism and Lakers exceptionalism at the same time. Just no. Well, no, I want what's no. What's your part pitch of to it.
0: bring him to Portland?
1: Well, there's no pitch; it's a trade. I mean, and it has to include. It has I know. To, I mean, what's okay. your pitch
0: to the San Antonio Spurs to get him? It begins. To Portland?
1: It begins with with McCollum. That's the the starting point. You even get them to pick up the phone, um, and then with that, you're probably looking at some combination of the first round pick, Collins, Harkless, or Aminu. and I think that's that's probably where. It comes together um, if that's a package that interests them. Uh, I think if they're moving on from Kawhi, McCollum's probably a, a, a steady replacement. Um, Aminu makes a ton of sense. He He's basically a, a you know, a, what is it, a white walker already? You know, yeah. he, he, he just kind of shows up and, yes, sir, is it all the time? Very steady. Um Dope. That have done a ton of uh, on or off court personality, very very much Spursian. Uh, I think Harkless is kind of in the same mode, um, so you could just kind of pile up those guys. And they they fit in great in San Antonio.
0: So I think I I I do not see a. I don't I don't think the Blazers. And now you're gonna you're gonna like hang up on me. But I don't think the Blazers need to offer CJ. I I, I mean,
1: (laughs) absolutely. I
0: don't, I don't think they. I mean, there's too many better packages out there. It's like, we never go, Oh yeah, that seems fair. I mean, I think it's going to be whatever the trade ends up being. It's going to be people going, Oh my God, I can't believe that they gave up Kawhi Leonard for that. Um, this is the
1: Spurs. This is RC Buford. this this isn't <laughs> Rob Heinigan. This isn't um, so. This is a different Billy situation King. than Paul
0: George in OKC. Yeah, this, or Indiana.
1: Yeah, this is yeah. It, there's just the the leverage play is there, so to speak, for Kawhi forcing a deal. Um, but when was the last time the Spurs made a trade that they quote unquote lost with RC Buford at I the helm? It doesn't no happen. Idea. They're they're not going to allow that to happen. They know how to <laughs> they know how to work the system. They know how to manipulate it. They know how to get out in front. Of it. And I think that was part of why we saw um, the Spurs. I don't want to say slandering, but kind of throwing it out there that it was Kawhi's fault uh, as far as like the medical stuff. It was Kawhi's fault. It was Kawhi's camp's fault. The Spurs are fine. The Spurs are great. We're you know Spurs exceptionalism. Blah 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 blah. They kind of saw this coming. Like, if you go back and read all the things with the hindsight that they figured that Kawhi may be wanting to get out, it's like they got out in front of it. And by doing so, they uh, they, they look pretty good as far as, uh, you know, in the, the starting blocks.
0: Mm-hmm. So you definitely don't dangle and offer Damian Lillard, do you? No.
1: I mean okay, from a pure basketball standpoint, yes. But from a realistic standpoint, no. And this is something you and I were talking about before the podcast is like this idea that Damian Lillard could be on the trade market, like the the people I know there's people in Portland that aren't huge fans of Dame or they like CJ more than Damian Lillard because of this, that, or the other. Um, it's just not realistic to move Damian Lillard. I, the the way that I frame this is: let's go back a few years, like before you know Brandon had um, knee issues, and he was at the, the top of his game and the fan favorite and the face of the franchise. Is there a world that existed where you could ever imagine Brandon Roy being on the trade market? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no.
1: <laughs> and it's much the same well, case with Damian Lillard. You just you you can't even entertain that idea in Portland.
0: Well, and if Damian Lillard gets changed, who's the leader of your team? Or if he gets traded, who's the leader of the team? And,
1: and if, if you're, yeah, well, here, if, if you were to believe some of the reports that are coming out, um, Kawhi doesn't want to be
0: that guy. Right. Right. So, like, that's, yeah, that's why I, like, I just, I think I would, obviously, he would be so great alongside. Dame and CJ. Oh yeah. God, I mean, that would be so great. I,
1: I know you said that CJ doesn't get traded. So so what's your idea for, the, for a package that gets Kawhi Leonard to Portland without Dame or CJ?
0: Okay, well, this is going to – you're going to laugh me off the face of the planet, and everybody will stop listening to the podcast because I'm out of my mind. But looking historically at how often we've all sat around scratching our heads in incredulity about how lopsided things seem to be. I say with all the love in my heart that, um, they package a uh, heartless enemy new for Kawhi and maybe throw in some round, some picks as well.
1: Yeah, no, the Celtics, <laughs> the Sixers and the Lakers have so many more assets to work with that the Spurs would demand that. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like, it's not like there's a, a shortage. There's, there's not like a limitation. You know funny?
0: If you added up Harkless's and Aminu's PER, they still don't even meet Kawhi's. Yeah. Kawhi's not like 25, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's dumb. Cool. <laughs> I mean, people forget about
1: two things I think or two players right now in the NBA because of injuries or weirdness in Kawhi's case. That's, uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and Gordon Hayward, and how good those two guys are, and how much better mm-hmm. the NBA is going to be next year with both of them back and healthy.
0: Uh huh. That's
1: all. Let's yeah. just had those two things to say because. Like, I, I know. I, I, I mean, and
0: I know mine is silly. And I know I like I always I always forget that the East exists. Yeah. And also, like, do you I, I had I found one more interesting thing about uh, all the Kauai rumors. Um, and it it's the the betting lines for the different teams that mm-hmm. Kauai will end up on. Have you seen these yet?
1: Yeah, no, I've seen the, the odds for a couple different prop bets. Um, I know they've adjusted. I know the Lakers were, were still the favorite, but not. they weren't heavily favored over the flat line, you know, zero that everybody wants to talk about, uh, low line going one way or the other. Um, at Bovda, the, the Lakers are, are, are the favorite, and they're at minus 140 with the two dark horse candidates being the Cavs and the Clippers. At plus a thousand, which is a pretty pretty big swing.
0: I mean, it seems pretty obvious that the Lakers are a much more popular franchise than the Clippers. But he did just say he wanted to go to Los Angeles and knowing Kawhi and how he's not necessarily a big limelight seeker, hence he, you know, hid out in San Antonio for all those years. Do you think it's really that far apart between the Lakers and the Clippers? Eh, probably. I mean, being, being a California I mean, Jerry guy, West is with the Clippers now, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see if Jerry
1: still has the, the magic touch of the pole and I'm trust me. I, I'd be thrilled if that, they stuck it to the Lakers by God, making, wouldn't that making be great move. if he
0: went to the Clippers, but I just, if I don't, he wasn't going to come to Portland, obviously. Yeah.
1: I mean, if he's not going to come to Portland, I'd rather have him go or somewhere be traded. else um, other than like, I don't want to see him go to Boston. I don't want to see him go to the, to the Lakers. Either, like those are the two franchises I just don't want to see him go to. Um, I, I mean, if he went to Philly, God, that'd be just nuts. Um, having a front court that features Kawhi Leonard, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, yikes. Um,
0: (laughs) Do you think that that San Antonio is most likely to seek out a spot in the Eastern Conference for him? Or how much do you think that weighs in on what they might do?
1: I think the Spurs are smart. I don't think you want Kawhi in conference. I don't think you Mm -hmm. want to play him four times a year. I don't think you want to match up with him in the playoffs. And I don't think you want to send him to the Lakers. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. mean, the, the reality of it is... I mean, there's still human beings. There's still going to be some, probably some misgivings there, and um, to have them say, eh, "You know what? We really don't want to send you to a rival franchise that you know is in our conference." Um, yeah, not only that, you get a chance to stick it to the Lakers. How often do you get a chance to do that? And I personally would enjoy it because I'd like to watch Lakers fans um, get their hopes up and then have them dashed and crushed in a incredibly bright spotlight. Because we have that happen regularly in Portland. It's just a much smaller spotlight.
0: <laughs> tell us how you really feel hey, you know. well uh i mean we also we did hear that the celtics had uh reached out at the trade deadline for made one Kawhi, phone call so basically
1: they're like okay cool looks like
0: they've yeah
1: yeah i mean and they, they have the assets i mean if you're hmm. looking at a team that has young tangible contract controlled assets players that can develop um and basically kickstart another rebuild for the Spurs, um, Boston is by far the best opportunity. Don't listen to these Laker fans who, who want to say that Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma are as valuable as uh, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, because they're not.
0: Yeah. I like, I like Brandon Ingram. I will admit it. I don't know why, <sighs>
1: but I just... You were a conundrum wrapped <laughs> in a riddle. Surrounded by, I know I
0: like to try to be. That's like the biggest compliment that you've given me, Dan. (laughs) That I've confused you on that. No sense. Well, it'll be very interesting to see also when this happens if it happens before or after the draft day, or uh, or even if the Spurs do it at all because maybe you know that this meeting hasn't happened and he'll uh, popovich will meet with Kawhi and he'll give him a compelling enough reason to believe that uh, he is going to stay and he's going to play. So, you know, hopefully he's not going to do the thing that reportedly um, Kyrie did where he uh, said that he was going to threaten to not even play anymore. Well, the Spurs have been without a year of Kawhi already. So we'll see where that all goes. It'll it'll be very interesting. I just, um, I, you know, don't want to say that I love to see a crack in the, um, you know, perfection of the San Antonio Spurs, but boy, do I love seeing a crack in <laughs> the San Antonio Spurs. It's like I, I see. I'm, just, I'm. They've taken what I love for so many years. I just want one little, you know, speed bump for them. I would just like them to have a little bit harder time.
1: Yeah, it's for. I get it. The Spurs just don't bother me for some reason. Like I just, when I, when I look at them, I I think they do it. They did it the right way. They've had a hell of
0: a, blah, 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 had a hell of a
1: franchise. Um, their, their style, their system, um, their culture, everything about what they've done is something that I I genuinely like. Um, and it all feels earned. Um, Whereas well, with, you know
0: what? I don't. But the see Lakers you out and never very much either. So you're probably a vampire too. So you can probably relate. This to is
1: this is very 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 much true. I mean, I just <laughs> I, I have a job where I'm on TV at night. I mean, you put the pieces together.
0: A little humble brag in there. <laughs> got it. Got to get it in there, Dan. Um, hey, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up with um, my one of my v- new favorite topics: Blazer Five Gaming continue winning again with their hot play did you catch any of their yeah. matches this weekend they had two yeah i
1: i, I stay uh, right there with them um yeah like i, I want to see so them do do well and do successful. They, i can't remember who they played successful. on friday
0: i have to admit was that orlando yes okay so you played orlando on friday just like Took them apart. And then on Saturday was the big matchup. This was against the 76ers, which is the only team that they have lost to all year. And the Blazer 5 Gaming did it. They beat them. And now they've beaten every team in the league. They've only lost one game the entire season. Yeah. This and is that, a that was fun a championship game. Line, and I really <laughs> suggest folks start following it because they are just heads and tail or, you know, head and shoulders. Above I, I, I knew else. where you're
1: going with that, but no, I, I I'm right there with you. I, uh, I, I love what they've done. Um, for those that still haven't gotten involved or, are leery of it or don't understand it, just check it out because it's, it's here to stay. I mean, we talked about this when we first kind of started talking about Blazers five gaming. Um, there's so much money and, and, uh, well, to, for lack of a better word, power behind the league. Uh, there's so many uh, movers and shakers there that, uh, it's going to have a real chance you or know, every chance possible to be successful. So, I mean, um, getting in early and understanding it and kind of uh, being a part of it, I think, could be something that's really cool. Yeah.
0: Also, outlet passes and dunks regularly. Yeah,
1: no, it's the complete – they play the complete opposite style of the Blazers. Um, uh-huh. They have a point guard than two absolutely dominant big men, and they just beat teams to death inside. Um, so it's 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 fun. I, I, I wish those guys well, One Wild Walnut and Mama, I'm That Man and Lavish Phenom and all those Lavish guys. Lavish had
0: a great game. He had a career yep.
1: high. Yep. And he's he's the guy who was the alternate. So but Yeah.
0: He, he hadn't played in a lot of the previous matches. Yes.
1: So the, each team, for those that don't know, they, they've got six guys, not just the five. So they have an alternate that comes in. And he got his opportunity. I think his first time he'd come in was, I think, two weeks ago. And he's he's been really, really solid. Um, since he's come in, and uh, it's really fun. Um, if, if you're even if you're not into the, the whole gaming aspect of it, it's really cool to watch these live when they do the the you know the cuts to the actual players. These guys, mm-hmm. um, the Blazers Five Gaming talks more trash than any team in the league.
0: Yeah, that one Wild Walnut, he, <laughs> he might want to—I uh, mean, him? I understand he's on the top of the world right now, but he says some stuff, and he stands yep. up, and he gets in guys' faces. So for people who haven't seen it before, the way it works is they all show up to one location, and they're sitting around this giant big table, five on one side and five on the other, and then they each have their own um, their monitor, own personal that, monitor yep. that they're watching— but then, like, the crowd has the big monitor, you know, way up so they can watch the whole thing as well. But then they, like, jump up and they yell at each other, especially when Wild Walnut, he seems to have a lot to say. Mama that Man um, does, too. And they trash talk each other. But they, it also seems like it's in pretty good spirits. But I don't know. It I is. haven't ever they, been in the actual they, room.
1: They chirp each other pretty good. And... Uh... I mean, when you're when you're playing the way those guys are playing right now and they're they're beating up on everybody and they're backing it up. I'm I'm all about it. I I am absolutely 100 percent here for it. And it's I I have to admit, I get a little bit of a smirk on my face and uh, uh, every time that they start going at it, because it reminds me of the days when I was younger and, you know, used to get in and and, and chirp at everybody else as I was playing. So it's uh, it's pretty cool.
0: I just keep watching it and, go, and thinking, is this how it feels to be a Golden State Warriors <laughs> <laughs>
1: this, this is as close as we're going to get. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> well, our Blazers are also going to, they're going to tur- turn the corner any day now. I got to get my uh, my little bit of optimism out there. Um, <sighs> You know, and maybe it starts right now. Maybe it starts a couple summers from now, but maybe it starts this summer is when thing the tide starts to turn. I will snuff um, that optimism out. I think we should go out. ahead and probably wrap it up for the <laughs> evening. There's probably going to be a whole bunch more news over the next, next several days. Um, Dan, let's see. I'm trying to think of what I have to share. I just had a – I recently had a Women's Hoops and Talks episode come out. Up with which I actually we did talk to a Laker fan because I wanted to know (laughs) what they're thinking right now because, of course, they think that like. LeBron the and there, everybody else is going to just, you know, be clamoring to come to the Lakers. So it was fun to talk to a Laker <sighs> fan and find out what they were thinking. So that's the latest episode of Women's Hoops and Talks. And then I also, um, for the ladies who are listening, just scheduled a summer watch party, a summer league watch party. We're going to um, get together at McMinnemons like we do during the season. But um, we're going to get together on the Saturday, July 7th, to watch one of the Blazers Summer League games. So that should awesome. be fun because we probably won't be watching the game as closely as we watch most of the games. And so we'll have time to get caught up on all the offseason changes. And uh, we'll have, uh, follow me on Twitter at TCBBigs, and you can find information about how to attend that.
1: All right. And uh, as far as draft coverage and stuff goes, obviously Blazers Edge will have you covered uh, on draft night. Uh, If you guys are looking for any immediate wrap-up afterwards, I will be on NBC Sports Northwest immediately following the Trailblazers coverage for draft night, and we're recording this Sunday night, but Monday afternoon in the 4 o'clock hour, I will be on the Rip City Drive with uh, Travis and Chad um, to kind of preview the draft stuff and kind of go a little bit more uh, into the the nitty-gritty of stuff. as far as the draft is concerned, and a little bit probably about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's it's a, a down day or two until the, uh, the draft, and uh, we'll have all the coverage between Blazers Edge and NBC Sports Northwest, and uh, Blazers Outsiders will uh, kind of fill in the gap in between.
0: Yeah, will you guys be eating as many marshmallows as you can um, anytime soon? Because I... for people who missed that, that was... Would... <laughs> It was quite entertaining <laughs> on the bridge. So You guys are doing the hard-hitting stuff.
1: Yeah, we hit our mock, mock draft How online. many marshmallows
0: can you put in your mouth?
1: Um, Shane got to 24, which is a feat I did not think possible. I got to 13, and, and Shane was just kicking my butt there. Um, but in fairness, there was also a beer chug where I, I absolutely destroyed him. Um, so um, it, it was a fair trade. But yeah, when, when Shane got to 20-something, I literally ran off the stage laughing because he just kept stuffing them in, and it was—it was one of those stupid human tricks that was just mind-boggling. Uh, but yeah, I, She and I both got paid to uh, stuff marshmallows on our face and drink beer on TV. So uh, consider, well, I think consider I that a speak life goal for, for all
0: of us. When I say I can't wait for basketball to start <laughs> <us> again,
1: <laughs> neither can we. Although if we're going to have off nights like that, I, th- I think uh, I think we'll survive. Uh, all
0: right, we'll take us out of here, Dan.
1: All right, folks, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Dean As always, I do know outsiders who Tuesdays, Thursday night. Nice, stay tuned. We've got some cool stuff coming out. Other, other than the draft coverage, we've some pretty big announcements in the pipe um, that once we get confirmation on the Green Light, we'll be able to announce those things we head into the next later season. Um, other than that, Tara, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you.
0: They can find me at TCB Bigs on Twitter, or you can find the Women's Hoops and Talks Facebook group, and uh, we have all kinds of uh, fun discussions. And prerequis- only prerequisite is that you have to love Ed Davis. I mean, that's a pretty easy
1: prerequisite. And, <laughs> I know. And, it, and if you don't, you don't. You shouldn't be there, anyways. <laughs> all right. So for Terrible Bone Bigs, I'm Danny Mering. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, MegaPhone uh, FM part of the almighty baller podcast and radio network download link like subscribe unsubscribe work the system as always and uh we'll catch you guys after the draft take care